It's bonus pod 168. You're on the 30th day of this archaeological dig. You're a recent archaeologist um, graduate, but you've been moving up the ranks really quickly because of how good you are with a toothbrush, a small toothbrush. And you're you're going. Come on, you're already the boss of the group. You come on, guys. There's something here. We know there's something here. Come on, keep digging. And people are like, oh, yeah, we're trying. We're trying. And you're like, come on, we gotta find something. The museum's on my ass. You say, the museum's all been on my ass for weeks now. We need to find something for the museum. And they're like, we're trying, boss. Ch- 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 ch. And, you, and you're like, God damn it. And you sit down and you, you light a cigarette and you go, the museum's on my ass. Like that to yourself. This museum's going to kill me one of these days. Why'd I get in this game? But to be honest, I've moved up really quickly for a recent archaeology graduate. And then someone goes, um, boss? You're gonna want to take a look at this, <laughs> and you're like, oh, "What is it now, Kaplinsky?" And you, tss, you put the cigarette out on the ground, and you walk over and, and you look down at what Kaplinsky's found, and you you take off your sunglasses and you go, "My God," and it's a pair of ass cheeks, <laughs> and you're like, "Kaplinsky, when did you find this?" Uh, just now, boss. Uh, do you have any idea what this is? Well, I mean, it looks like a, a, an ass. You're an ass! And you shove Kaplinsky out of the way. And you start digging, digging, digging. And you're like, it can't be. And you uncover more of the ass. And then a pair of legs. It can't be. These were just rumors, you say. And you cover more. You uncover a torso. And then your finger touches something else next to the ass. And you're Wait, no, it can't. No, surely not. And it's another ass. And you're like, oh my god. Kaplinsky, get me a, a small spade. And Kaplinsky runs off and gives you a small spade. And now all the other archaeologists are gathering around you. A murmur is spreading among the group. And you you, you go, I've, I heard stories, but i just thought they were a myth and you start you slowly you dig up and there's two slowly revealing beyond the asses two bodies the asses are on top but beneath are two bodies perfectly preserved and you and people are covering their mouths as you uncover more and digging digging torso armpits shoulders arms then two heads at the bottom with the asses right at the top and you stand back and you go, my God. And another archaeologist says, you did it. You did it. We actually found them. And you look down and it's me and Pierre mooning the world. Frozen in perfect, um, in perfect form. Smiling upwards at the earth we are mooning at. Frozen in time, like the people of Pompeii, but happy, unlike the people of Pompeii. Welcome to Bonus Spot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, big fan of that one. Um, 
Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Huge fan of the idea that archaeologists are like chiefs of police in American shows. <laughs> like the DA's on my ass. The museum's on my ass. I like the idea <laughs> that the museum is demanding literally just any fresh archaeology. <laughs> any find. They've run out. It's got to be fresh. <laughs> the people want something new. <laughs> The people are bored of all these old pottery fragments. They want new pottery fragments. <laughs> There's like uh, crowds of people outside museums booing, being like, we've already seen Tutankhamun. <laughs> Boo! Uh, <laughs> uh, what about some Scythian, some Scythian goldsmithing examples? We'd, Boo! We've already seen it. Boo! <laughs> <laughs> all these like young like cool tw people in their 20s we've already seen the finest mesopotamian examples of metallurgy <laughs> <laughs> come on we want to see something new a really like um a really sort of like bald bald fat heavily sweating head of the museum like constantly mopping sweat from his brow big mustache <laughs> just really nervously going well 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 what about what about this samurai helmet and then um a cool girl who she's so it's like a girl who's dressed a bit like a goth right a cool goth girl yeah and she's standing and she's got she's smoking and the arm that she's holding the cigarette in is balanced on an, uh, on her other folded arm <laughs> yeah do you know what i mean yeah I know and exactly what you as mean. he says that what about this samurai helmet she just goes oh my god she rolls her eyes and just turns around and walks away and everyone else follows her <laughs> and then she's and the guy's like no 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 please and he trips oh and he trips over <laughs> drops the helmet and it clatters down the stairs to the museum <laughs> very humiliating day and then it starts to rain and then the close-up on the helmet as rain hits it <laughs> Yeah, it starts to rain, and then he the, the the guy looks at his own reflection in the ancient helmet, and he goes, "What are we gonna do?" <laughs> <laughs> Very cinematic stuff from us there. I like that a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. I would like a list of every movie where a guy cautiously uncovers something shocking, surrounded by other archaeologists and the obligatory sort of one hundred native assistants. <laughs> just people vaguely in desert robes always <laughs> it's not a it's not a pre-noughties yeah. history adventure movie without a desert bedouin mystic or a sort of jungle shaman saying you mustn't go there yeah and when they discover it they go it's uspakawa <laughs> and he uspaka what Uzbekawa. <laughs> yes. Yes. They have the to. The ancient spirit that. Yeah. The native guide has to rear backwards and go, Buncheche. <laughs> and the camera has to slowly zoom in on, like, the cave, and you hear, like, as it's zooming in. Buncheche. <laughs> Buncheche. <laughs> That's the powerful vibe I was getting from everything everywhere all at once with a go uh, uh, was it Gobu Tapake? Oh yeah, the the name of the, the Jobu Jobu Tapake. I don't know how they came up with the name Jobu Tapake. On the IMDb trivia thing it says in like Javanese or something it means pocket gun. Pocket gun. But that's got to be a coincidence, doesn't it? Huh. Yeah, I don't see what significance pocket gun has. Really. No. 
No. Um, amazing now to, to imagine trying to make any sort of... I mean, we already had a riff on Woke Indiana Jones the other day. Mm, mm-hmm. But I don't... Mm. Will there ever be a history adventure movie again? Probably not. Uh, no. Not in the same vein. And like you say, it would be the other way around. It would be someone from a Commonwealth country trying to steal back something from the British Museum. That would be the... Yeah. Which, as we all know, is just a heist movie. That's just a heist movie. Um, Indian Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. A bunch of uh, South Asian um, mega criminal masterminds try and get the crown jewels back, the Koh i Noor. Yes, the Kona Diamond. That would be pretty good. Yes, yes. Like stealing jewels from a baby, you know that because that, that's the one that's taken off like a child king, right? The Kono Diamond. Oh, I think so. Yeah, it had already been around for ages by that point. And Phil, in the in the main podcast, we talked about the kind of Wikipedia article that I uh, get really into, and because we talked about archaeological digs, it reminded me that the other day I had my brain uh, melted. Okay. Um, like intentionally? Was this a procedure of some kind? Uh, no, it was ab- accidental melting. Mm. Um, I can't really, I don't really know how to pronounce this, but so this is, someone sent me a link to this and I, I, I you know, I'm, I did a bit of archaeology at university. I, I'm a history fan and I'd never heard of this place. And it is possibly the oldest archaeological settlement site in the world. And you know how, like, everyone says, oh, well, you know, we only really started settling at all, you know, uh, whatever, five, six, seven thousand years ago. This is like a big Stonehenge-style temple, and it's, it could be as as much as 12,000 years old. Where, where is this place? It's in Turkey. It's called Gobekli Tepe. Oh, wow. And how did you find out about it? Someone just sent me a link to an article about it um, oh. saying, have you, have you even heard of this? Because they hadn't heard of it either. And I was like, no, no, no. And um, so there's go a new Beckley interpretation. Tepe. It might go, go, go Beckley Tepe. Go it Beckley is go Beckley Tepe. Tepe. We must flee. Yeah, that was what they would say. <laughs> uh. um, so it's like a temple. And they, initially they thought, oh, it's, it doesn't have to be a settlement. It's like a weird temple for, for hunter-gatherers. And then now it kind of looks like people did live there which would change like all of human history's notion of um when we started settling down and uh i thought 12 well agri- the invention of agriculture was roughly 10,000 years ago wasn't it well this is the thing is that you sort of go like well we needed the agriculture to have settlements but then this place might fuck that all up R- right and because this is 12,000 years old yeah well so so it's from somewhere between 9,500 and 8,000 BC Right, okay. Interpretation. Klaus Schmidt thought it was a Stone Age mountain sanctuary. What is this? Some kind of Stone Age mountain sanctuary? <laughs> Get out of here, kids. What is this? Some kind of Stone Age mountain sanctuary? <laughs> I ain't running some kind of Stone Age mountain sanctuary. This is a bar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um... Yes, it looks like there were domestic buildings and the harvesting and distribution of rainwater, sort of minor irrigation and stuff. Wow. So how fucked up and crazy is that? Yeah, 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 yeah. That It fills you with the terrifying realization that there could be all these, like, 
full towns that existed and died before we thought before we thought the first town even started and you just go well how far back does that go then it just made Mm -hmm. my head explode Mm -hmm. i had to have a lie down yeah i often remind myself that the the people we're aware of are probably i mean they will be in the minority of the people that have actually existed i mean they're just the ones that with stuff left behind yeah think about all the people all the civilizations all the settlements that just didn't have anything left behind and you go yeah that's a lot of that's a lot of mouths to feed that's a lot of people i mean it's it's anyway yeah it melted my head it's not uh, particularly amusing but it's very interesting look it up guys if you can't figure out how to spell it from my bad pronunciation of turkish just type in oldest turkish ruin and it'll come up <laughs> um, um have you has your mind been melted by anything lately phil Hmm. No, not not in that fashion. No, I nothing. Nothing surprises me anymore. <laughs> well, you have an all-seeing eye. To be fair, <laughs> I do have that all-seeing eye. It's handy, but it, it, it does mean it's hard to surprise me. Really, yeah. which is a shame. It should have when you when you got the haunted uh, mahogany box with the all-seeing eye in. It should have had a label on saying. Spoilers! <laughs> Spoiler alert! If you could travel back in time, Phil, to hang out for a day and not get killed or have diarrhea, where, when, whence would you go to? To go back in time to hang out. Yeah, just for a, for day, a day, hanging out for a day. Um, I think so. That golden age, ancient Greece. I'd love to see that. Ooh, you know the the birth of philosophy. Oh, I think yeah. that'd be really cool. You could have an argument in a marketplace. Yeah, in an agora. Yeah. I'd I'd be there um going But Paclopocus, can't you not can you not see that the purpose of life is not to inquire, but to be inquired upon or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> that and was pretty I like that. I like that. <laughs> thank you, thank you. While we're pu- while we're buying parts or something. Yeah. Um yeah, that that'd be brilliant, and we're all wearing like these togas and just sandals, and oh, so great! Eating like burnt le- lamb legs. Oh, that would be good, burnt lamb legs. Um, yeah, that I I, I reading like Homer's epics. I just got really hungry because they talk about so much of it is just dedicated to roast lamb. <laughs> so much of it is just about roasting lamb for the gods, and they just go. Oh yeah, that sounds good actually. <laughs> it's um it's it's yeah, it's just because like in those days well, I mean, it's hard to think of a lot of stuff that's better than roast lamb now. It's true. On a charcoal especially grill, like forget a, it. Especially from like a Mediterranean place because they've been doing it for literally 5000 years. They've just been they've been doing nothing but roasting lamb. So they know how to do it, I think, at this point. <laughs> You've got to put it in your poems because it's the best thing. And it's all anyone can talk about is how good lamb and wine is because there's nothing else. It's so good. It's literally all the gods want. And you will you will destroy your entire civilization if you don't make lamb, them lamb. If you don't make <laughs> lamb, roast lamb for the gods, they will flood your city. <laughs> That's how good roast lamb was and still is. <laughs> you better roast me up. A shish, or I'm gonna shish your civilization. 
it's truly incredible how many times in Greek mythology a, a civilization is destroyed by Poseidon or Zeus because someone didn't roast some lamb for them. It's that yeah, it's, you're right. It's that good. It's so good that if they don't do it, you'll you'll use the sea to kill everyone. <laughs> that would be a good advert for lamb. Yeah. I'm gonna use the sea to kill everyone if I don't get my lamb. <laughs> <laughs> you're not yourself with that lamb and just like Zeus Zeus destroying um, a country with lightning yeah and then uh, he eats a butt of lamb and then he goes ah, and he saves a few people gives them a good great harvest that's not in his purview but you know he's powerful <laughs> well, he's pretty powerful um, that's a good answer I think I would I just want to know how Anglo-Saxon or like how old English sounded I want to take a tape recorder and just ah put that to bed yeah that'd be good that'd be good have a look at them, see how they're dressed. It would be interesting to see if you could have a conversation with an old English person. Yeah, I remember when we were studying it, they were saying like uh, some words are still the same. So you could say something like, like as far as they can tell, the words like the chicken crossed the path should be the same. Uh-huh. Or the chicken something the path. And the other sample sentence was something like the sock fell over the side of the ship. Right. Or so the these sock are two fell very the specific situations in which you'd be all right. Yeah, well, I want to time travel to back when a guy has a bare foot and he's looking over a ship going, no, oh, and I, I pop up like Terminator. <laughs> and I stand up completely nude like Terminator. And I just go, the sock fell over the side of the ship. And then they all go, ah! And then they... and you're holding a chicken, and you're like, "Does anyone know a path anywhere? Because I got another one." <laughs> Your sock, give it to me. <laughs> give me the sock. Let's put it over my my dick and balls. There we go. <laughs> like the red hot chili peppers. Um, yeah, man, I, I think that would be it. I think so. I think so. If it was just to hang out, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, ancient Greece is pretty good. As long as you could get like a sort of translation thing, you could go and listen to them argue and see how clever they were. Um, yeah, it's crazy that back then someone just came up with atoms. Yeah, those those cats were those cats cats were clever. You Although, have to be so I mean, smart to come up with atoms if you've never heard of them. Yeah, you've never had. You don't even have a microscope. You can't even consider. You can't even imagine things being small. <laughs> and you've already gone, what if everything is made of tiny things? What if everything's made of little bits? <laughs> That's, um, you need a society where people are allowed to hang out in a town square drinking to get that kind of wisdom out. You know what I do wish we still had? Oracles. I Ooh. wish I wish there was something you could go to and there was a person chained up and they had to breathe in a bunch of, like, I don't know, uh, vape. Like raspberry flavored vape, <laughs> and the vaping oracle of Delphi. The vaping oracle, yeah, an oracle, and then you can ask it any question, and they they tell you the answer, but it would be in riddles. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, I mean, you and I have have friends, or we know people who have kind of like soothsayers that they they hire. Oh yeah, yeah. People go to spirit guides and stuff in America. In LA, there were, and in New York, there were dedicated buildings that just said healer, spiritual healer, yeah. um, palm reader. The kind of thing that a person here, if you did that here, you'd, you, at most you'd have 
a truck in a town square. Yeah. A little van to do it out of. But in America, they have permanent buildings. That's how much business these people do. Yeah, they can afford ground rent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So people, clever people I know, Yanks, have uh, have spiritual healers they see regularly. And they take what they say seriously. But what do they say? Did you get any samples of what the product? Um, a comedian friend of mine, like her spiritual healer, like told her what a spirit animal was, and she's taken that on. Um, I think it's just sort of advice, isn't it? About it's basically like getting a live horoscope, isn't it? Well, that's the, the thing I'm interested in is like how do you act on it? Because if someone goes, ah, uh, well, you see, your spirit animal is a wild Alaskan salmon, right? And you just go, oh, okay, so I swim more? I should go swimming? You know, I don't know what it means in terms of what do I change about my life? Or like, You're right. It's always been very important for me to spawn en masse. <laughs> yeah, in Alaska. In Alaska or just anywhere upriver, really. I need to move my house upriver, move to an upriver apartment, yeah. and I'll feel more comfortable there. Yeah, I just I never know what the action is. Or someone just goes like, "Oh, beware the unfull cup." And you go, "Okay, all right. Keep an eye out for that." Thank you. <laughs> I guess it's not so much mm. the product as the implementation of the product that I'm interested in. Yes, that's the tricky bit. How do you make that work? And I'm now uh, I'm now very exposed to this sort of thing because uh, uh, my girlfriend watches The Real Housewives, all of them. Mainly Orange County at the moment, um, and they are a bunch of very yeah, drunk, uh, angry, and sad ladies arguing in groups who have had a lot of surgery. Some of them, and Gosh, they they live miserable lives. Their they lives are such miserable lives. In a way, and it's this like, is the most glamorous version of the lives they live. And you just go fuck. Ugh. Also, another thing: the rich people, uh, rich Americans' houses are revolting. They're so ugly. <laughs> They're just empty space, hard, cold floors, yeah, and the most obscene uh, um, upholstery and lighting. It's just disgusting. They have no taste. It's like um, the houses always look like a sort of weird, like miniaturized version of the house of a kind of weird, uh, like a sort of seventeen hundreds French aristocrat's house. Mm, crossed with a car showroom. Yeah, it's sort of a big modern space, but all the objects within it are sort of gilded and with upholstery mm-hmm. and patterns, gold and rich red velvet. Mm. Yeah. Chintzy in some ways. It's weird. I guess it's because they just have space. And once you have space, you have to fill it with all this crap. And then uh, it's a hot country, so you have all these like echoing hard floors and... Mm-hmm. But it's, do, do do you enjoy the the Real Housewives shows? Um, I, I from time to time there'll be a, 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 a lady person I know will put it on and I'll sit down and I'll watch some and you know I'll have a pretty good time. I have to say, put my hands up. I'm I have a good time watching those shows. <laughs> I've developed a sort of Stockholm syndrome relationship with them. I think. <laughs> um, yeah, I think the bits where it falls down for me is when. They'll say horrible shit about each other and then have huge screaming arguments about why did you say this mad, horrible thing for no reason? And I'll be thinking, because you're on a TV show. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And one of them is refusing to answer the question and the other one is like weeping with bafflement. And I'm just thinking like, but you both know why you're on a you're on a TV show about arguing. So 
you both know this is the whole purpose of this program. Yeah, I mean, like Jeremy Jeremy Clarkson and Richard Hammond don't scream at you. Why did you drive a car? <laughs> Why are there cars here? Why are there so many cars, Richard? It's like, well, you're on an argument show. I'm watching argument TV, and clearly one of you felt you weren't having enough arguments, so you said something absolutely mental about someone else. And then, I don't know, yeah, deliberately told a gossip who then told them. And there's a lot of that. So that's a bit. that feels a bit by numbers, but... It is interesting to look into their to their houses and their lives, and I think Orange County is by far the most uh, gothic and spiritually dead one. <laughs> they they're all blonde and they all have the same face because they all bought their face from the same guy. Well, this is it. I can't tell them apart because they <laughs> yes. all have the same facial, all have the same surgery. Well, I was saying to my partner, there's a, there was a scene in a restaurant where there's like seven of them around a table eating, I don't know, uh, fucking. Bur- it's like Mexican food, taco or whatever. They're all around this in this Mexican restaurant and there's like seven of them and they're all blonde and they all have the same face and are roughly dressed the same. And I said, if yeah. I walked through a restaurant and I saw a table of seven identically blonde women, I would go, oh! <laughs> They've got that, that amount of facial surgery where you can't even tell what race they are anymore. They could be any race. Like... You look at one, she could be Swedish or Venezuelan. I don't, it's impossible to know <laughs> at this point. Well, she, could like, be, she could be Japanese or uh, she could be Dutch. I have no idea. At yeah, this point. yeah, that's right. And like, they, they look so identical and they all have the same hair and stuff. Like, it's, it's almost like it's the same identical, eerie identicalness where the only difference is height that you get when a stag do is all dressed the same. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Like the whole stag do is dressed as you know, <laughs> the whole stag do is, is dressed as uh ah uh, oh, what's her name she the the country music singer with the blonde hair, Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton, yeah, they're like a big Dolly Parton themed stag do. <laughs> yeah, and they're just always yelling. They're very loud people, and they have these awful husbands who constantly have affairs and are visibly upset to be on camera with them. The most awful sort of weedy, pathetic husbands, and whenever they turn up, yeah. they're like just they just look, they're just sort of these fat, short, ugly, bored, sweating piles. And you think, how have you achieved anything? <laughs> like, oh, and the, one of them's fucking ancient. One of them is just like, yeah. it's just a pile of wrinkles with a mouth, and you're like, oh fuck me, <laughs> this is not a good life for either of you. Yeah, and he's on it, camera. It's in, what the incredible, the, the the amazing achievement of the Real Housewives shows is making wealth look so unappealing. There's no other show that makes wealth look as unappealing as those shows do. Yeah, and, and for that, I think it actually does a great service. Yes, yeah, it is. It's it's like one big parable. Mm. It's it's a it's the it's the it's like someone took the parable of it's not really a parable, but. Um, what Jesus said about it's easier to get a, push a camel through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. They've taken that and they've made, was it five different shows out on that? <laughs> they're all very richest people, but they're in hell every day, every week, all the time. <laughs> they're already in hell. They're already in hell. Lo, Phil, and Christ did say to the disciples, it is easier... For a rich woman to have a nice day in the OC on camera. 
than for a man, a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Yeah, that's true. It is very unappealing. The lives look. The husbands are either an ancient, an ancient man, like essentially <laughs> the crypt keeper. How is your trip with the girls, dear? Like the zombie man. <laughs> <laughs> or it's either the crypt keeper. It's one of three types. It's the crypt keeper. It's the short, bald, fat guy who looks like um, Danny DeVito and Matilda. Yes, yes, that's exactly it. Yep. And he's always, yeah. inevitably, he is rich because like Danny DeVito and Matilda, he's some kind of used car salesman or like dodgy guy. Or Yeah, like, yeah. It's, like he's um, very rich because he owns a lot of car parks or something like that. It's not even, yeah. it's not even a fun thing he's rich for. It's just like he lo- owns a lot of something very uh, mundane. Yeah, or like, uh, I bought the part of town that all the crackheads lived in, and now it's nice. That's it. As he's a billionaire. <laughs> um, or third type is incredibly camp to me seeming. Uh, yeah. Just sort of like quite skinny guy in his sort of thirties, early thirties, who's very sort of um, very sort of cold towards his wife. He's in the closet, and he's he's basically paying to stay in the closet. But I swear, his, like I, his wife credit, is his beard. Yeah, full credit to Arrested Development because the one that's set in the OC, they all look, dress, and act like the characters in Arrested Development. That's true, yeah. A lot of, like, khakis, like, chinos, and, like, weird, like... They've got, like, polo shirts they've tucked into their chinos with, like, a high belt. And they're like, well, dear, I'm just <laughs> off to Vegas with my friends. And you're like, well, hang on, what? That's Buster Bluth. <laughs> She's married to Buster. And there's like, we're going to the fundraiser. Your mother wants you to be there. And I'm like, this is an Arrested Development plot. <laughs> I always thought Arrested Development was a grotesque exaggeration. I didn't realize it was a fucking bang-on, true-to-life parody. Fair play. Fair play. Well, yeah. um, do I hope you are you guys are enjoying your Real Housewife shows? Uh, speaking of Arrested Development, we must arrest the development of this bonus pod. It's true. Um, because we've run out of time. But thank you so much for being patrons. It's always a pleasure, as per always. Always, guys. Um, yes, thank you. And um, if you haven't seen Arrested Development, do check it out. And if you have seen Arrested Development, check out the Real Housewives Orange County clips online because you'll see what I mean. Just see see if you can spot um, yeah. various bluths. I watched again series one to three of Arrested Development. Oh, um, come on. it's it's perfect. It's the funniest show in existence. It's so it's detailed. So I mean, good. every rewatch, yeah, another amazing. joke emerges. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Okay. But until next time. Until next time, guys. Bye-bye. Bye.